What a song. Wow. Ooh. We could say amen right now and go home and we'd be blessed, right? <laughs> the Lord is good. And it's amazing how the Lord orchestrates every Sunday the song he wants to have sung and the message he wants to hear. And it's all from the Lord. And that's what shows. And when we have the breaking of bread and you see brothers standing up and, and giving out hymns and that song that Jim gave out this morning, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Let's thank the Lord and ask his blessing, shall we? Heavenly Father, today we come before you as needy people. We come before you, before your word, Lord, and pray that you will teach us, that you will speak to us, convict us where it's needed, encourage us where it's needed, comfort us where it's needed. And Lord, show us your presence today. Show us your power today. Please show us how to live in this world and to trust you through the storms and trials and difficulties of life. And so many times, Lord, these trials are blessings in disguise. They're for our good and for your glory. And you have a purpose and a plan for them. And we pray, Lord, that you will hide me behind the cross and that you will speak through your word today in a special way to every person's heart. Each one has a different need, has a different time in their life right now. And we pray that you will minister your word to us by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen. You know, we're all affected by storms and trials of life. These trials come out of the blue sometimes and they strike us, they hit us, and sometimes they come in bunches to us like they do, like they did to the, in the book of Job, to Job. He had one trial after another trial after another. And these were very difficult things he went through. But like Job, we need to trust God. We need to endure and persevere and know that he has a plan, that he has everything under control and he's going to bring these things and he's going to allow the storms of life to come, but he's going to help us to pass through them with his help. He's going to be there for us every step of the way. I don't know about you and growing up, but did you ever play with the uh, product Play-Doh? Do you remember that? Some of the older ones, I don't know if they, do they still have that for kids nowadays? Oh, good, they, they still have it. So you open up the, the little jar there and container and you pull out the Play-Doh and you start molding it and shaping it. And all of a sudden, if you put pressure on that Play-Doh, it's going to get all bent out of shape, isn't it? It's going to be dented, it's going to be imprinted, and people are going to notice and they're going to see it. Now, keep that vivid picture in your mind and then think of a tennis ball. Now, the tennis ball also can withstand a lot of pressure. And you can put pressure on a tennis ball, a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure, but then it comes back and is the same way again. And the Lord wants us not to be like the Play-Doh that gets bent out of shape and gets affected by these trials and difficulties and allow them to take us down. But he wants us to be like the tennis ball that responds to the pressure and comes back. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to use the storms. He wants to use the trials in our lives for our good. And he wants to do it each and every day of our lives. He doesn't want to, do, to take us down, to destroy us, to hurt us. He wants to develop our faith. He says, Dean, I want you to have a stronger faith. So to develop that stronger faith, Alan, what he's going to do is he's going to bring trials. 
of every kind, storms that we have to go through, different things to develop that faith. We may think, oh, yes, I have faith. But when the storm comes, we see, do we really have the kind of faith the Lord wants us to have? We need a growing faith. We need a a stronger faith in the Lord. And that's what he wants us to have. The title of our message today is the Lord of the storm. The Lord of the storm. He is Lord of all. We have it right behind me here. Jesus is Lord. And we all believe it. And we all have seen it in our lives when we put him first and he is Lord of our life. And many times this is true. But when we are right in the middle of the storm, right in the middle of the trial, sometimes our focus gets so much on the storm, so much on the wind and the waves and the blowing that we lose sight of the Savior. And that's what happened to the disciples when they were out on the sea in the boat with Jesus sleeping in the ship, in the boat with them. When the storm hit, let's read together Mark chapter four, verses thirty five to forty one. Mark chapter four, thirty five. We'll be reading from the New King James Version. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him in the boat as he was and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they woke him up and said, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Then he arose, rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. I don't know what you're going through in your life today, but you may be going through a storm. Or you may have just come from a storm. Or this week, maybe even today, there may be a storm that comes into your life. Something severe, something turbulent, something very hard to go through. And it may be physical. It may be financial. It may be uh, mental or emotional or any other number of ways. But God wants to teach us lessons through the storms. And that's what he did with the disciples. He used it as a learning tool to teach them to have the kind of faith in him because of who he is and what he has done for us and what he can do for us each and every day of our lives. You know, when the Apostle Paul was shipwrecked along with 275 other people in the book of Acts, It says at one point in that passage when the storm was so severe and they couldn't see and it was dark and they were just, they had said they had abandoned all hope of being saved. And here Paul was and he prayed to the Lord at that time when the storm was raging and it looked the most bleak and it looked like they were all going to drown and die in that sea. But he prayed and the Lord of the storm 
solved that problem for Paul, they were all saved. Not just Paul, but all the people on that ship. And they arrived safely on that island of Malta. Paul was brought through the storm. And we have all experienced in our lives at one time or another how God has taken us by the hand when we can't even make it ourselves and has walked with us and got us through the storm. Storms come for a reason and they also come for a season. They don't last forever. This storm was pretty short, but it was devastating there on the Sea of Galilee. And many of us go through some very difficult, painful experiences, but we thank the Lord that we would have it no other way. Can you imagine going into heaven having never experienced a storm in your life, never experienced any major trial, never experienced any major pain? How would we be able to empathize with people and sympathize with people if we haven't been through it ourselves? But when we've been through it ourselves, we have a powerful testimony that we can have with others. I've been there. I've been there and done that. And we can be a blessing to each other. So let's look at our first point this morning. The command to cross over to the other side in verse 35. Jesus says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, if you think of it for a moment, if Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side, do you think he's going to let that ship sink and let all those men drown in the middle of the Sea of Galilee? No, he won't. If he said, let us cross to the other side, where are we going to get? We're going to get to the other side. When the Israelites were told to leave Egypt and they left Egypt, as one people led by Moses, the redeemer at that time, the leader, he gave them that promise that they were going to leave Egypt and they were going to go to the promised land. And so the first thing that happened is they got to the Red Sea and Pharaoh and his army are gathering against them. Oh, woe is us, we're going to die. He's brought us out here to die. Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And they saw it. And they walked through on dry ground and the waves came through and the water came back on Pharaoh and and drowned all of Pharaoh and all his army and all Israel was saved. And they praised God in the 15th chapter of Exodus for the deliverance that God had given them through this great trial. And then they go on through the wilderness. And the first thing they do is complain. We have no food to eat. We have no water. We have no this. We have no that. And God was so merciful to them. He provided for them sandals that never wore out, clothes that never wore out, manna to eat, quail to eat, water from the rock. He did all those things for them. And still, when the time came to go into the promised land, the spies, as we heard about recently, 10 of them all said, oh, it's a great land, all right, but we can't go face those giants. There's no way. But two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb said, We can go in. Let's go in and defeat them because God is stronger than any man. And he would give them the victory. So when we have God's command, we have his enablement. If God tells you to do something, he's going to give you the ability and strength to do it. If he says to cross over to the other side, you're going to get to the other side. If he says to go into the promised land, you're going to reach the promised land. But sadly, for those people that didn't believe and they 
doubted and they criticized and they did all those things in the Old Testament. The Lord did not allow those people to go into the promised land, but he allowed Caleb and Joshua and all the younger ones, all the kids to go in. And all those people that were saying, oh, we're victims and our kids are going to be victims. They couldn't go in because of their lack of faith and their complaining spirit that they had. But praise be to God that the will of God will never lead us where the grace of God cannot keep us. I love that quote. It's such an encouragement to us because God knows the future. He knows the past. He knows the present and he knows the future. And if he gives us a promise and he tells us to do something, he's going to enable us to do it. You know, someone said our life on earth is immortal until our mission is complete. So none of us knows when our mission is complete, but we're going to be here on this earth serving him until the time that the Lord says, come on home, like he did to Enoch when he was walking with God. And the Lord said, come on, Enoch, come out to my house now and stay with me. And so it's a blessing to never forget God's promises. I like what John Wesley wrote years and years ago. He said, Jesus, lover of my soul, let me to thy bosom fly. While the tempest still is high, hide me, O my Savior, hide, till the storms of life is past. Yes, Jesus gave the command, go to the other side. But it's amazing. He's the God of the universe, the great I am. And so he knew what was going to happen in this situation. And the fishermen in the group, Peter, James, John, Andrew, all of those, they knew the sea. They had gone out many times to fish. So they probably said to the Lord, why don't you rest? You're tired. Why don't you take a nap? We don't know this for sure because it's not said in the scriptures, but we use our sanctified imagination. And so Jesus says, fine, I'll go take a nap. And so he goes to the stern of the ship and falls asleep. You say, how could Jesus fall asleep at a time like that when the storm is going to come? And the reason is because he knows the outcome and he has the peace to calm the storm. And so we thank the Lord for that. So that's our first point this morning, the commandment to cross over to the other side. Secondly is the challenge of the tempestuous, tempestuous storm. This is the second thing. And this was a big storm. This wasn't a small storm. This wasn't a medium-sized storm. This wasn't even a large or extra large size storm. This was a storm on steroids. This was a huge one because they had experienced storms before. They'd been fishermen. They knew the sea. And they, they, but this one was bigger than they could handle. And sometimes the Lord brings things into our lives that are bigger than we can handle. They're mountains too tall for us to even see over. He wants to get us to that point where we realize we can't handle it ourselves. We may be experts in a certain area. We may know that thing very well, like they knew the sea. He brings something bigger, something more powerful to get us to realize that we need him. We need to rely on him. We need to trust in him to get us through. And that's what they faced here on the Sea of Galilee. I mean, imagine it. 
here they are that night. It was probably a starry sky. The sea was calm. The disciples were happy. They had a great day with the Lord Jesus, seeing him heal people and do all these miracles. And they're just going along thinking everything is great. Have you ever had a day like that where just things are nice and smooth, clear blue sky, nice smooth water? But then all of a sudden, the storm starts. And it doesn't give any warning. There's no alert system to warn them in two minutes you're going to face a storm here or in 30 seconds even. No, it just comes and the wind starts blowing high and the sea starts raging and the boat starts filling up with water and we're going to sink. And the disciples think we're going to die. We're going to drown here on the Sea of Galilee. They forgot that Jesus said, cross, let us cross over to the other side. And so many times we go through these trials and we forget the promises of God. We forget that he's brought us through storms before. He's taken us through difficulties and trials before. We forget that when we're right in the midst of it, when it's raging. And that's what happened to them. And they were very, very afraid of this storm. And as we said, Jesus was sound asleep, sleeping like a baby in the midst of the storm because he is the Lord of the storm. But all of a sudden they come to Jesus and they said here in this passage, we see it here clearly in verse 38, but he was in the stern asleep on the pillow and they woke, awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care? We're perishing. Amazing. Do you think that Jesus didn't care? No, he did care. But he knew exactly what this storm was going to be needed for in their lives, what he was going to teach them through it. He doesn't remove the storm, but he takes us through the storm and he takes us by the hand. Like that song we sung, Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, help me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the night, through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light, precious Lord. Take my hand, lead me home. So he, was, he had everything under control. He knew exactly what he was going to do and he is going to teach them through it. But they had this lack of faith, this lack of faith. And so they, they think that he doesn't care, but Jesus does care. He cares about us immensely. And notice he's in the boat with them. And another occasion, he was off to the, he was off and he, they were rowing the boat and they, there was a, a storm that came up and they were rowing hard and everything and Jesus came walking on the water. That's a separate incident. He taught them lessons through that too to get them safely to their destination. But here the wind is blowing, the sea is blowing, the water is filling up in the boat and here it is, they are going through it. Stephen Lawson, in his book entitled When All Hell Breaks Loose, wrote, if we read the discouraging circumstances of life and the people who do us in, the job that doesn't work, and the other struggles that seem to engulf us, we will surely crash. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus Christ and stay grounded in his word, then we will make it safely through the storm. And that's the goal that the Lord has for us, to safely take us through the storm, but to use the storm in our lives to grow our faith, 
to develop our faith and to test our faith where it's at. And that's exactly what he did. But the disciples doubted. They feared. And they forgot Jesus' care. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. We take our cares, we bring them to him, and he doesn't reject them. He says, yes, give me your cares, and because I care for you. How would you like to have a doctor who was medically sound, good doctor medically, but had a bedside manner that was bad. I mean, here you come in and you say, well, doc, I'm, I'm feeling some real bad pain in my neck. It's been really bothering me for several days. And, and the doctor says, you wimp. You wimp. What's the matter with you? Little pain in your neck. Go on. You don't need my help. You just need to, it'll get better by itself. No bedside manner, right? We don't like doctors like that. We like a a doctor that's first class, first rated, but also has compassion and care and says, oh yes, I'm sorry to hear about your neck giving, let me give you some medication for that. I'm sorry to hear that's happening to you. It should go away in a few days, but here, take this and let me know. Call me if it doesn't get better and come back and see me. We like doctors like that. Well, our savior is even more tender even more compassionate, even more loving than any doctor like that. His bedside manner is perfect. And so when the Lord comes like this, he comes in the midst of the storm and he comes to calm the sea and to calm the disciples as well. There was a man named Ferdinand Pittman that said, the bell buoy rings only during the storms. The beating of the waves and the wind bring out the music that is within it. So too trials bring out what is inside a person. You know, you never know what's inside of you until something squeezes you, pressures you, and brings you into a tough situation. And when you're in that tough situation, you're there by yourself in it. You're not alone. The Lord is with you. And we have so many people in our church that are encouragers, that are comforters, And our dear brother Rick Punzo brought us a great devotion last Monday night on encouragement and how we should be an encouragement to others, how we should be encouraged by the Lord. And it's so true. We need him every day and every hour. And so then our final point this morning is the calming of the storm and the calming of the disciples. Which do you think was the greater miracle? The calming of the sea or the calming of the hearts of these disciples? I think the latter was the greater miracle because the Lord of all, the Lord of the storm, all he had to do is say, peace, be still, hush, be quiet. And the waves stopped and the wind stopped and it became calm. But their hearts were raging. Their heartbeats were going so fast. They were in a life and death situation. They were so afraid. And the Lord, first of all, rebukes the wind. He rebukes the waves and then he rebukes the disciples. He doesn't say, well, you guys are tired. It's been kind of a tough day. No, he says, why are you so fearful? Where is your faith? The Lord didn't minimize it. He didn't sweep it under the carpet. There are times when the Lord has to rebuke our faith. He has to rebuke us because we should have believed. We should have trusted in him. We should have known that the Lord would come through for us. We should have known he would provide for us. We should have known that he would do what he said he would do. 
Because when God gives a promise, as we said, he keeps the promise. But this is amazing how he calms the sea so much. Ed has a picture. He's going to show it on the screen now. Here's Jesus in the boat. And here's the disciples in their fearful situation. And you can't see the disciples real clear on that. But they're afraid. You can see the look of fear and terror on their face. And the Savior is at the boat with, at the head of the storm. And he raises his arm like this in authority, in power, peace, be still. And everything calmed down. Everything calmed down. And it didn't just slowly come to a halt or in a few minutes. Immediately, he calmed the sea. And when he's with us in these storms, he can immediately bring a resolution to it. And he is with us every single day. And the Lord uses this as a teachable experience for them to strengthen their faith and realize, am I going to let anything happen to you? No. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. The greater calming, I think, was the calming of these disciples. It's amazing with the wind and the waves. He loves us more than he loves the wind and the waves. He loves us more than all the sparrows that he talks about. He loves us more than all the great people of the universe. He loves us more than all the things in the vast universe. And he is the great I am. He is the great God of all creation. And yet, he loved them so much and he rebukes their faith. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? And I praise God that later on when these disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, they had a faith. Peter got up and preached on the day of Pentecost and all these souls were saved and, and, and they went to jail because of their faith. And Peter and John, they were put into prison and they said, whether you say... Uh, it's right for us to preach this or not. We're going we're gonna to do what God says. And they, and they stood up and they were willing to suffer. And every one of those disciples were martyred. Every single one of them. And their faith grew so strong. It started here where they didn't have faith. They saw what the Lord did. And then later on, he brought all these things to their mind. He taught them by the Holy Spirit. And they went out and turned the world upside down. Their faith had grown so strong. Yes, storms test our faith. They expose our faith and they grow our faith. And the Lord rebukes it. I found a rather interesting story about a farmer who lived in the East Coast along the Atlantic. And this farmer, I felt bad for him because he tried to get people to come and work on his farm. But every single time he would put out requests to have come work at my farm, they would all refuse. No, I'm sorry, we can't take the job because they were afraid of the storms that came off the Atlantic. We all know that those thunderstorms that come and those hurricanes, they start in the Atlantic and they come through and they're devastating, right? So these people are not going to want to work on the farm because they're working on the farm. They're out doing the crops and things and picking the crop. And then these storms can come. They can lose their life. They can get hurt. So they said, I'm sorry, I, I can't work. I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, finally... A young, uh, not a young man, but an older man, a little older than middle age, uh, short in stature, uh, showed up. And so the farmer said, are you a good farmhand? And the, and the little man, we'll call him the little man. The little man says, well, I can sleep when the wind blows. 
Well, that's kind of an odd answer. He didn't answer me whether he's a good farmhand or not. He just says, I can sleep when the wind blows. Well, I need somebody, right? I've had this sign, help wanted up. I've had it up for weeks and months and it seems like years and nobody wants to take the job. You're hired. You're hired. So all of a sudden, the man takes over and he starts doing well and he, he works around the farm. He gets up real early in the morning before dawn. He works till the end of the day till it gets dark at night. He's got everything under control with the animals and the crops and everything seems to be going quite well. And the farmer is very pleased with his performance. He'd give him a very good, good rating, you know. And so then one night when the farmer had gone to bed and the little man had also gone to bed, all of a sudden the farmer heard the wind started blowing very, very loudly. Oh boy, here comes the storm. And jumping out of bed, the farmer grabbed a lantern and rushed next door to the hired man's sleeping quarters. He shook the little man and said, Get up, get up, a storm is coming. The little man rolled over in bed and said firmly, No, sir, I told you I can sleep when the wind blows. Enraged by the man's response, the farmer was tempted to fire him on the spot. But fearing for his crops and all the things, he decided instead to go outside himself and prepare for the storm. So to his amazement, he discovered that all the haystacks had been covered with tarps. The cows were in the barn, the chickens were in the coop, and the doors were barred. The shutters were tightly secured. Everything was tied down. Nothing could blow away. The farmer then understood what his hired man had meant when he said, I can sleep when the wind blows. So the farmer went to bed and he went to sleep while the wind blew. The moral to this story is when you're prepared spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally by the Lord through his word, you can be ready when the storm comes. You can sleep when the wind blows. When you know that everything has been taken care of, your life is built on Christ, you can efface that that storm. It's like we sang in that hymn this morning, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. If we build our lives on the things of this world, it's sinking sand, it's going to be destroyed. But when we build our lives on Christ, he's not going to ever let us down. He's not. When you trust the Lord, your life will never crumble. You will never stumble. You will never bumble. And you will never tumble when you trust the Lord. This owner, this farmer, reminds me so much of the disciples, doesn't he? He was so anxious. He was so worried that everything was going to be, was just going to fall apart. And how dare you sleep there like this and not get up and get my, my land ready for this storm? But he realized that that little man, that little man had everything prepared so well that he could all, all he could do is just go back to bed himself because everything was done. And so too, the Lord Jesus, the ruler of all, the king of kings and lord of lords, the lord of the storm, had it covered. He calmed the sea and he calmed the disciples. And we can be thankful that he is the lord of the storm. When the Lord brings us through the storm, we get stronger as a result. Then when the next storm hits, and the next storm, and the next storm, the next trial comes in difficulty, our faith grows a little more, and our faith grows a little more, and it grows a little more until it becomes stronger faith. 
May the Lord help us to go through these trials, through these storms with his help and be blessed by the fact that he is the Lord of the storm. And when he gave the commandment to go to the other side, did they get to the other side? Yes, they did. They made it safe and sound. And one day, we're going to make it safe and sound too, right through to our heavenly destination. He's not going to leave us partway, halfway, three-quarters of the way, 99% of the way, 99.9% of the way. It's going to take it 100%. And he loves us. And he knows what we need in our lives. He is the Lord of the storm. And when the Lord calms the storm, he calms the heart. When he comforts us, he comforts us inside as well. And we are much like these disciples. Sometimes our faith seems so small. But he said, if you have the faith like a little mustard seed, and the mustard seed was one of the tiniest seeds, maybe the most tiniest of seed. He says, all you need is the faith of a mustard seed. Why only a small seed, Lord? Why only a small faith? Because we don't need a a big faith. We have a big God. So we put the faith that we do have, and he wants us to have it grow and get bigger, but he takes the faith that we do have, put it into my hands, and I will take you through. Praise the Lord that he is the Lord of the storm. Let's close in a word of prayer. And if you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and you've been trying to fight through these storms yourself and you've failed time and time again and you've tried to make it in life on your own and you've tried to to, uh, be a good person, do the right thing, be a good family person, family man, family woman, and yet you're not happy. There's that gnawing piece of your life that's missing Jesus Christ is the only thing that can fill that. And he wants to be with you in your life every day. He wants to be with you in the boat. He wants to be with you in the storm. He wants to be with you in times of gladness and as well as times of sadness. If you can come to him today, now is the time. Jesus Christ says, I died on the cross for your sins. I came to give my life for you so that you can have eternal life. And all we have to do is say, Lord, I have sinned. I have I am lost. I am needy. I need you to save me from my sins and he will come into our lives and he will be our Lord and Savior and he'll be with us as the Lord of the storm. Shall we just pray? Heavenly Father, today we thank you for your word. It's so encouraging, Lord, as we read these scriptures. We think of the disciples and they said, "Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him. Who is this? Jesus Christ. Who is this? The Lord of all, the Lord of the storm. Lord Jesus, you are God. And when you came down to this world, you came down as Emmanuel, God with us. And you were with the disciples. You were with the people and you went to the cross and you died for each and every one of us. We pray if there's anyone here today, Lord, that hasn't gotten saved, that today will be the day of their salvation. And we pray, Lord, that you will comfort us and guide us through the storms of life, whatever you allow. We know that they're not designed to drown us, but to develop our faith. And we pray that we will be a blessing to others. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.